Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning and welcome. It is a delight to have you with me again this week. We have an exciting show today. We're going to be talking about money, money and abundance and find out if you've been listening to what money wants to say to you. But before we dive into that topic and my delightful guest, I want to let you know that the November issue of 1111 Magazine will be out on Friday. So if you have not fully partaken of the October issue, then definitely get in there and read that and experience all of the beautiful individuals that were featured. Joram Weiss uh, is a delightful author that was speaking on how you are your purpose. He also has a great archive radio show from September that you can go back and listen to. Jolie DeMarco was talking about crystals and the impact of crystal body layouts. Christopher Vassy was bringing in information on naturopathic health. Um, If you've not explored and discovered Lawn, she is an incredible artist that works with sacred geometry, and there's a beautiful article on there about her divination cards Sarah Bowen speaks about being a spiritual rebel, and Robin Spisman speaks about loving out loud. And so I invite you to take a look at that. It is always free, uh, always on the website at 1111mag.com, and it is a way for me to celebrate different individuals, help share their work, and allow you to access the information and the teachers that you might be seeking in your own life. And today is a special guest that will be featured in the November issue of 1111 Magazine. So I'm delighted to have her here on the show today to talk a little bit about what money would like to say to you. Perhaps close your eyes, take a deep breath, and listen to a little bit of what money might want to say. I would like to tell you to love me, smile at me, collect me, enjoy me, feel my power, spend me, invest me, Give me, pay with me, take me. I'm an energy. I'm very powerful and beautiful. I'm an incredible web of connections. I'm light. I'm not dirty. You are too afraid of me as you are of many things. You can open up and embrace me fully into your life. It's not too late. You could start now. Just open yourself and say yes. Be brave. Love me. Love yourself so you can accept my power, my glory, my light, my beauty. I'm not the devil. I never have been. I'm a glorious being of light. I connect human beings with each other. I'm so flexible you can use me to channel your creativity. Just go ahead. I'm waiting for you. You must open your heart. You are too rigid, too afraid, and there's nothing to be afraid of. You will win, not only by me, but by life also. I'm always here to help you. Just accept me and I will come to you very quickly. There's a lot of me waiting for you. You have chosen to have more. Don't wait. Just take me. I will love you. This is from Sarah McCrum's book, Love Money, Money Loves You. Money talks. Are you listening? Sarah is a teacher at heart who encourages people to explore who they really are, what they stand for, what difference they make in the world, and what they're creating with their life. She's the author of two books, Love Money, Money Loves You, and 
Energy on Demand, Master Your Personal Energy and Never Burn Out. She trained for 22 years with Chinese energy masters and has spent 20 years coaching business owners and leaders in Australia, the UK, and United States. She's the co-founder of the Consciousness of Money Retreats and online programs, and she's a member of the Faculty for the Shift Network, teaching programs about how to transform your relationship with money, and she's a member of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle. Welcome, Sarah, to 1111. It's a delight to have you. Thank you very much, Simran. It's very fascinating to hear my book being read by somebody else. (laughs) I know it's always interesting sometimes to hear your own words back Um, I know that that it might that might sometimes feel like wow did I write that (laughs) because it's so powerful (laughs) especially that it really is a powerful concept to listen to money and to have it talked to an individual because we're so often trying to tell money to show up or complaining about money or feeling frustrated that there's not enough and you start off the book saying that we can't control money, that there are certain things that we need to do, and most importantly, we need to relax about it. Uh, talk a little bit about um, stepping into a different consciousness around money when when it you, people have been conditioned, have been reared uh, in a certain mind state, in a certain environment to have their particular views. How do they then all of a sudden just relax? About <laughs> well, um, I think it's perhaps useful just to understand a little bit where that, that chapter that you read came from, and then it helps to answer the question. So those are not really my words. I had the experience um, when I was reading a book and I was trying to answer the question, what does money want to say to you, that my pen started writing itself. And so I literally experienced that I was receiving this message from what described itself as an energy that is money or that's behind our financial systems. And I think normally when we approach money or we feel afraid or nervous or all the different attitudes we have towards money, we don't see it as something that's alive. We don't see it as dynamic. And we certainly don't see it as a loving presence in our life. Uh, People will sometimes describe it as energy and say that it's neutral and it's entirely up to you what you do with it. But what I found from that message and many others that I also wrote down is that it's actually not neutral at all. It's this incredible, beautiful, loving, generous presence or energy that is always there for us. And it's really in reflecting on that and letting that message sink in, perhaps asking yourself, does it resonate? Does it feel true when I hear that? And I find most people say, yes, it feels right. It feels true, even if it's very, very strange to think that way about money. And as you reflect on it, you start to let it melt into your consciousness, and then you will automatically relax. The big thing about relaxing is it's not really something you can do, because relaxing is not doing. It's, it's precisely not doing. So we have to allow ourselves to relax, and it's easier to do that if you if you change your consciousness. And when you start to see that money is not the devil and it really is not evil and it really is this beautiful energy and it really does serve human beings to connect with each other and to share our creativity, it's much easier to relax then. Probably one of the biggest fears that that many people do have would stem around money. Money is also sometimes the issue 
that creates the most conflict in relationships or can come between family and friends. Uh, Money is something that when there's not enough of it, um, individuals are praying for it, longing for it, desperate for it, figuring out how they can do more, work harder. Uh, All these different things do stem from that conditioning or do stem from what we've been taught about money. But you say that the prayers and the longings and the desperation uh, and particularly the kinds of prayers that are being put out there are really going to push money away rather than attract it to us. How is it that that people are able to then invite money in if they're not to pray for it? Well, it's not it's not so much about not praying for it. What what that part in the book was talking about is that when we're really desperate for money, we put ourselves in this. We're in a very um, closed, actually, and very um, unhappy state. And money flows on lines of energy. It flows um, very lightly, and it actually flows much more easily to people who are happy. So I know it's really difficult to be happy if you're struggling for money, but it's like the relaxation thing. If you're more relaxed, it's actually easier for the prayers to be answered. So I've worked with many people actually who have spent years praying for money or praying for some other result and it hasn't happened. When they learn to relax and be receptive to it, so actually to open up, to stop worrying about it and say, yes, I'm going to let it in. It is really possible that that there's something real out there. Um, and then they start to get the results that they've been praying for all those years. So I think we can learn how to ask for money. And the, the book actually teaches that very clearly, how to ask, how to make requests, how to pray in an effective way. But also you must discover how to receive. Otherwise, the prayers feel like they're not being answered. Actually, money's trying really hard to get to you, but um, we, we have to find the way to let it in. Mm, that's a big topic, that ability to receive and open up to allowing money and to allowing even all the things that money represents. Um, because I think we do put a lot of weight on what we, what we think money is um, as, as simply as simply a a currency of of how much can I get rather than, you know, what you very beautifully expressed throughout the book of of this manner of exchange and and value and emotion and ways of, of receiving. Talk a little bit about how to open to receive what's required um on a level both internally from that mental and emotional place, which I, I know you've talked about a little bit about feeling happy, um, but what has to also shift internally and then what has to shift externally to be open to receive? So internally, um, I, I'm almost being repetitive, but this is really what it's like. Um, it is about relaxing. When you relax, your energy meridians, your energy channels open up and so more energy, more fresh energy is able to flow through you. So literally, when you relax, you receive more fresh energy. And that energy is what changes your energy. That energy is also what brings about things like money or any kind of manifestation, because that is the energy that materializes into our life. So being able to relax like that and receive on an inner level 
is just something that you can practice. As you begin to trust, as you begin to see, okay, maybe money's not what I thought it was, you can practice. Now, the other thing is that usually the biggest problem happens when people start to actually receive money because maybe it'll come through a business. Um, It might come in other ways, but especially when people have a business, they start to receive money, they start to get more more business, and then they have to be organized. So um, this is one of the things that I think people often miss, especially if they're more spiritually engaged, is they think that everything will just kind of come, I'll manifest it. And they don't realize how much skill and discipline is required at a practical level to be able to use that money and do whatever it is, whether it's running your business or whether you're investing or whatever you're doing with money, it all takes practical skill as well. So I think one of the biggest things I've had to learn is actually all the business side so that I could receive money in larger quantities, I could make bigger payments, I can do more with it. That took a lot of learning for me. Well, and I think you're raising a point too that allows individuals to understand that money, like everything else, is part of that whole journey of personal growth and expansion, that any battles or conflicts or blockages that have come through the experiences of abundance have really been so that they hone and fine-tune other skill sets and experiences for themselves. At least that's what it sounds like from what you've just said. Yes. uh, Actually, it was really surprising. I would never have expected this, but some of the things that I'd been longing for, I was longing to experience joy, for example, and, and just didn't know how to do it. I could enjoy myself, but real joy, I knew there was something beyond that. The really interesting thing is that that came to me by exploring this relationship with money. And it's not that the joy comes from the money itself. It's that facing issues around money, opening that up, opening up that flow so that that practical part of my life was working better also enabled me to experience more joy. It opened something up in me. um, So it became a kind of spiritual exploration at the same time as being a very pragmatic one. And I did not expect that that would happen in an exploration of money. When you talk about, um, in one of your chapters, Money and Happiness, you talk about how if you're just happy and you can ground into that happiness, the money starts to just flow right in. It is it is the byproduct of that. Um, yet there's this statement that always says money will buy happiness. How do you feel about that statement and where does how does it apply to what you've shared in the book? Well, I think we can see very clearly that money doesn't necessarily buy happiness, but also poverty doesn't buy happiness either. So um, happiness does not actually have so much to do with money. What the book is um, very clear about is that there are many people with money who are not terribly happy at the moment and would happily pay to, to, to discover how to become happier. So if you don't have a lot of money, but you can learn how to be really happy, you can actually sell that. Um, as a skill to help other people become happier. So funnily enough, happiness maybe can buy you money. Um, And I think money is just not the key to happiness either one way or another. But one thing I'm very sure of is that when you start to have this loving relationship with money, you start to appreciate the energy of money, then the happiness grows inside you absolutely. So at that level, we could say that that statement really is true, but you need to have a deeper 
um, understanding and connection with money, not the superficial one of chasing dollars and, and transactions. My guest today is Sarah McCrum, and she has written the book Love Money, Money Loves You. Sarah says that if you're willing to be educated now to put aside everything else that you're doing and listen with full concentration, she says that the first step is to forget everything that you've learned about money before. And although this may be the most difficult step, she provides you much support and help throughout the book. It is by far the most important that you give yourself the permission to take the risk and try it out. The second step is to open your heart and receive more money in your life without any calculation as to how you're going to do that. The third step is to do your work sincerely. Whatever your job, your responsibilities, and your daily active uh, activities. And the fourth step is to dream big. How do you expand into these steps? Well, you can definitely find out more about that as you dive into her book, Love Money, Money Loves You. I also want to mention that you can uh, connect to the Shift Network and be part of a course that she has, Activate the New Currency, Deepen Your Relationship with Generous, Loving Energy of Money. Uh, you can find out more about that at her website, sarahmccrum.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-M-C-C-R-U-M.com. We'll be right back with Sarah after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. 
Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. And before we dive into the rest of our show, I wanted to let you know about something new that is going on with 1111 Magazine. We have just launched a beautiful online course program uh, going back through the 1111 alumni over the past decade, we are creating some beautiful courses that allow you to expand into various topics, tap into certain teachings, and explore uh, many of these individuals to a greater degree so that you get to know them a little bit better. I want to invite you to check them out at the 1111mag.com website and explore some of the courses that have already started going up. In addition, uh, 1111 Magazine offers a beautiful monthly program where you get meditations, intentions, uh, teachings on audio, as well as live coaching prompts and additional uh, very enriching pieces. So check that out. That one is called The Wisdom of Experience. My guest today is Sarah McCrum, and we are talking about her book, Love Money, Money Loves You. The current level of suffering on earth in relation to money is entirely based on misunderstanding, and the time has come to reveal more to you about how your world works so that you can put an end to the suffering and start to enjoy money as much as you enjoy sex, another form of exchange. Exchange between human beings is a beautiful thing and can give you great pleasure. If you ever worry about having enough money or about being able to get what you want, it is time to learn more about how this exchange really works so that you can start to enjoy it and take time to develop your capacity. It is a great thing to make money and to spend it. And the more you can make, the more you can spend. This is from Sarah's book, Love Money, Money Loves You. You can find out more about her as well as an upcoming shift program, shift network uh, program around money that she is uh, putting on. And that is all listed at her website, sarahmccrum.com. Welcome back, Sarah. I'd love to go back to uh, something that I shared from your book in the, at the end of the previous segment. And that was that the first step is to forget everything you've learned about money before and that this is likely the most difficult step. Talk a little bit about forgetting it all. Yeah, because that sounds really naive and just stupid um, on the surface of things. And it took me a while. When I first wrote that, I thought, what does this mean? I didn't really understand it. And it's as I've actually come to work more with money, I've come to understand what it means. So um, what I discovered through writing the book and through practicing, basically starting with having no money at all and being really desperate most of the time, um, and then increasing from there, what I discovered is that there's a really simple way of interacting with money. Um, it's it, it sounds so naive, and it really is. It's There's a way that we can literally ask for what we want, um, just like that, just like saying, please, do this or please sort this out for me or please give me this or please pay this bill. Very simple things like that. And the thing is that everything I know about money would tell me you can't do that. Everything tells me, you know, you've got to go and sell something. You've got to go and do something in your business. You've got to get a job or you've got to get a, change your job if you want more money. We have all these things that we think we have to do to get money. And what the book is saying is actually money's there literally listening to us and it can find the way to get the money to us as long as we're receptive and willing and, you know, and the conditions are there. And so that forgetting everything you know is literally 
forgetting what you know about money and all the things you think you need to do. And first and foremost, start just by asking for what you want. It doesn't mean you don't need to do business or you don't need to work, but all of that follows the request. It doesn't precede it. We usually put things the other way around. Now, what you're saying, Sarah, really brings to focus that what's being engaged here is a relationship, that money is not a thing in this case, that it is actually an entity that we are in relationship with. If we're going to say, please bring me more of this, then we are developing a conversation with money more than just what the mind would think, well, this is what money might say to me, or, okay, I'm going to let my pen move. But to really bring it into seeing it as a form. Yes, that's exactly right. And it was very interesting because uh, money sometimes in the book talks in the first person singular. So it says, I am energy, I am beautiful. And then sometimes it says, we, we do this. We, we listen to all of your requests and we need to help you to fulfill those requests. And so what I came to discover is it's almost like it's like an energy, let's say, that's a collective of energies or a collective of beings, or we could put it that way, that are, are literally here to serve humanity in that way. That's their particular role at this point. And they have certain duties and responsibilities in relation to us and, and rules that they have to follow. And as long as we understand those rules and can comply with them, we can actually make money kind of work really well in our life. And the beauty of it is that their their purpose is fulfilled by us really engaging with them. So by us asking for what we want and and receiving it and paying and sharing and doing all the things that we do with money, especially, this is a very beautiful thing that came out in this book, especially when we want to do something that is making the world a better place, that is a genuine service to people, to, to the place, to, to the planet. Before we get into that part around the service and the the collaboration when it comes to money, let's talk a little bit about greed and morality and Mm -hmm. how uh, experiences in the world or seeing other people or even, you know, what may crop up within um, as a motive uh, around greediness or um, moral issues. How do we bring that into play when it comes to whether it is forgetting about what we know about money or tempering the desires and how they come about. I I think as you reflect on that initial message that you read at the beginning of the show and you, you ask yourself, what is money really? Is money really love? Is it really okay to love money? Does money really love money? Love me? Does that really make sense? What does this mean? When you reflect on that, then you start to recognize that money is connected with generosity. I think of it as the generosity of life. Life is like constantly showering us with goodness, actually. I know we can have bad experiences as well, but there's such a gift in life. And when we start to appreciate that, we realize that there's enough for everybody that actually money itself is unlimited because we can always create more, we can always serve each other more. And so we don't need to be greedy because we don't need to hold on to things. And it allows us to relax, to settle into ourselves. A lot of this, I found, is is like a path to your true self. 
that you start to relax about what you need to hold on to and what you need to prove as an individual. You allow yourself, your true self, to come forward. You're proving everything you need to prove as an individual anyway then, but you just don't need to focus on it or make a big deal about it. And then those kinds of acquisitive behavior, greed, insecurity around money, the need to hold on to things, all of that starts to relax as well. Because you're in a different mindset now, you're in in a different frame, and you're in a flow of generosity. So what you come to discover is that when you pay for things or when you give, then that's what opens up the flow to receive more. So giving and receiving or paying and receiving become very linked with each other. That is the flow. And then it's quite natural to not need to be greedy, for example, because it doesn't make sense to be greedy, actually. It's just like a misunderstanding about what money is. Yeah, I love in the book where you, uh, you, you spoke a little bit about how paying the full price for something to create the value and the appreciation or um, rather than, than always looking for the bargain or looking for the... But to really step into holding and valuing the things that you're wanting and purchasing also is a shift towards this place of opening to greater relationship with money. Yes, actually I found that very valuable because we're so often taught to try to get everything as cheap as possible and in business, you know, you negotiate everything, you negotiate really hard and I find that can be very disrespectful. Of course, if somebody's trying to cheat you, I probably wouldn't want to work with somebody who's not honest about their pricing but I find that it makes a huge difference to be respectful of pricing and respectful of value and then the decision that I made is wherever possible I'm going when I'm spending money I'm investing in something so it's actually going to bring me more than I'm paying anyway so actually paying becomes a, a delight then because you know that you're actually creating something bigger than what you have already so, and, and it, it's shifted my um, it's kind of shifted my behavior and it's shifted my attitudes mm-hmm. I love the line, uh, your first financial commitment is to want things, to love to have things, and to truly enjoy the process of getting more things. When most people think about financial commitment, they think about their debt, they think about what they owe, they think about uh, the things they're going to have to cover at some point, uh, whether it's children's educations or something for their home or their jobs. But but you're saying to actually step into that place of, of desire and want and know that it's okay to to let that be the first commitment to ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Um, I found that there's a huge amount of self-denial around money. And the problem with that is that it creates a denial of money itself. So it actually makes it much harder for money to come in. But um, also, if you, you mentioned children's education, for example, there's a huge difference between saying, I've got to pay for the children's education, I've got to get them a good education, and saying, I would love them to go to this really amazing school, because it's going to be the best education I can find for them. There's a huge difference in the energy, which you can probably feel even when mm-hmm. I say it. And that difference is recognized by the the money energy and it's much easier for the money to flow to you when you have that I would love my kids to go to a really great school and oh my god I've got to I've got to pay for the kids education this kind of heavy closed dutifulness that that weighs everything down and it, it makes it more difficult for you to experience that flow from the perspective of someone who's in debt 
their their focus is going to be the debt they're in. So the shift may be a bit more challenging to step out of the fear, or even if they will themselves initially fake it till you make it, so to speak, of coming into that idea of money, if subconsciously or internally they're still in the grip of that fear of debt, what do they need to get clear about in regard to the debt and getting out of it? Well, um, the first thing is, I think, you know, when we are in debt or when we're not making enough money really to cover our expenses, there there is always an underlying energy of worry and fear. And I think however good you are at relaxing and meditating and all of those things, I had to recognize that that was there when I was in that position, um, even though I thought I, I thought I was above it, but I wasn't really. Um, I think the thing about debt is that essentially to pay off your debt you need to bring some money in so it's the same as if you want to make more money it's exactly the same principle it's just that the first stages of bringing in more money will help to pay off your debt and then once you've paid it off that you continue bringing money in and then it starts to be able to pay for other things so it's actually exactly the same principle as everything else in the book all you're saying when you're in debt is i want some more money um, and I have this particular purpose for it. And, and in paying off my debt, I'm going to be probably feel happier, feel more relaxed, have more freedom and all of those things. So one of the things is simply to get to grips with the fact that, first of all, you are in debt. This is how much you're in debt. Get the facts straight because that makes a huge difference. Get clear how much you need and be disciplined. There is discipline in money at every level. If you make that commitment or that decision that you're going to pay off the debt, you will find a way to do it. I think a lot of people deny the situation to some extent or just try to ignore it. And then they never really make the decision to change it. When you make that decision, I'm paying off this debt. Even if it takes me lots of little tiny installments, the energy of money hears that decision and it will help you. It will Put money in front of you. That sounds so strange, but it really works like that. Whereas if you're saying, oh, I just don't want to look at my bills. I I can't face it. You're not inviting any help in. And so you don't get it. So it really pays, again, to just look at what is money really. Is it really a helpful, beautiful energy? And if it is, go and use it. A lot of the work that I've done in the books that I've written have a lot to do with how everything is a mirror, and it really is simply uh, another version of ourselves speaking back to us about ourselves. When we look at money, what is it that money is showing about oneself? (laughs) Well, I think it shows us a lot about how we treat our soul, um, because those desires, the really natural desires, come up from your soul. And very often we repress our desires or we say, I don't deserve that or I'm not worthy of that. And at one level, you're saying that to the deepest, most beautiful part of yourself. You're saying, I don't deserve that or you don't deserve that. You're not worthy of that. You're saying that to yourself. And then there's this sadness and um, restriction that is being placed around the wild, free, beautiful part of who you are simply from these mental attitudes. So if you can see that you have a relationship with money and look at the quality of that relationship, what I think you're gonna see is the quality of your relationship also 
with your own soul or with with the essence of who you are. And that's actually very revealing and very helpful to observe. If you have no money at the moment, you cannot blame us, but you can also not deny your part in your situation. We are partners. We are yin and yang. We are the other, unseen part of your every thought, feeling, and expectation about money. You are poor, or indeed you may also be rich, because of the way we fulfill your requests. It is our cooperation that needs to change if you want to change your financial situation. We are sure that you are already much clearer about this after everything that you're being told. Really, you only need to understand our relationship, and everything will start to work out much better for you. You are a creator. This is from Sarah McCrum's book, Love Money, Money Loves You. It is a beautiful little book that will allow you to expand your consciousness around your relationship with money and also deepen into your body and your emotions as to the shifts that need to take place to open to receive more money in your life. A few weeks after a traumatic closing of her business in London, Sarah was asked a strange question in a book she was reading. What does money want to say to you? She started writing a response and found words coming out of her pen that weren't her own. They started with, I want you to love me. She was deeply touched and intrigued to explore more about the source of this message. She went on to write in the same way every day for three months and ended up with a collection of surprising, funny, and inspiring advice, apparently from the energy of money itself. Those writings turned into her book, Love Money, Money Loves You. Sarah is a coach who specializes in working with conscious entrepreneurs to achieve self-mastery. And she is part of the Shift Network alumni. She's putting on a course for them as well. And um, she's part of the Evolutionary Leader Circle. The course that she is uh, doing on the Shift Network is called Activate the New Currency, Deepen Your Relationship with the Generous, Loving Energy of Money. You can find out more about that at sarahmccrum.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you want more more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Definitely check out all of the archives on 1111 Talk Radio. There are powerful shows each week, and the information is timeless. You can go as far back as 10 years ago or last month, and you will find something there that will improve your life, as well as allowing you to meet someone beautiful that has stepped fully into their power and presence, which is a model for you to step fully into yours. Value is one of the most fundamental concepts associated with money and one that you need to understand and appreciate if you want to fulfill your greatest potential. Your sense of value and your values determine the level of your wealth and the amount of material life you are capable of enjoying. Everybody has a different sense of value and values different things. This is one of the things that makes you all different from each other. But you need to understand better how the calculations are made for spending money if you want to be more satisfied with the way you use your money. There is a formula for spending, and it looks like this. If self-value plus the object of value equals price, then buy. If self-value plus the object value is greater than price, then don't buy. If self-value plus object value is less than the price, then do not buy. If the value you put on yourself plus the value you perceive in the thing you want to buy are close or equal to the price, you will buy it easily. There are many beautiful tips in Sarah McCrum's book, Love Money, Money Loves You. It will allow you to expand into hearing what money wants to say to you, into establishing a greater relationship with money, and into expanding your own relationship with yourself. Welcome back, Sarah. It is wonderful to have you here. I do want to mention that you have two books that you have written, and Love Money, Love Money, Money Loves You is the one we're talking about today, but you also have Energy on Demand, Master Your Personal Energy, and Never Burn Out. Again, you can find out more about her at sarahmccrum.com. I was really enjoying another part of the book where you talk about charity. And so often people will say, I want money for this charity. I want money to do this good. When underlying it really is more of a desire to have the money, but there's something about us as human beings that feels like we have to want it for something else before we can actually have it. I love how you talked about that in the book. Um, Share your perspective on that a little bit so that individuals can kind of 
um, balance out how they can really ask for what they want and then still support the charities and the things that they want to support. Yeah, that was very fascinating, actually, um, because I think sometimes we say, let's say, I want to I want to give money for dogs, homes or for homeless dogs or, or whatever it is that you really care about. And you have a lot of passion about that, but you don't uh, ask to receive the money yourself. So you're so passionate about the dogs that actually what you're really doing is sending an, a, a message to money to send money to the dog's charity. Now that's great because the charity gets the money. But the thing is, it's not so great for you because you don't get the experience of being able to give the money um, to the charity. And I think it's important to recognize that that's a very beautiful experience to have. It's a really nice thing for human beings to receive and give. And if you bypass yourself, you are not part of that experience. You are contributing at a certain level, um, but often we don't really realize we're contributing then. And so so we just don't get that direct experience. So this approach to money makes you much more honest with yourself and it gives you permission to receive money because the more you receive, the more you can give or the more you can do with it or the more you can create, you know, money in the end is for something. It's not, you know, just collecting it doesn't make a huge, uh, a huge amount of sense, really. Um, it's always for some kind of service. If you can give yourself permission to receive it, that actually opens up your ability to give rather than it bypassing you and going straight to the charity. It was a very kind of intriguing look at the energy of how things work. I think it spoke also to the I and the we. You gave an example of a hand and how a finger is part of the hand and the hand is part of the finger. And in this case, if we're asking for money for a charity, because we are all connected, that money will get to that charity perhaps through other people. But like you said, yes. it may not come directly through us. And and I agree with you that giving and receiving is part of the partnership of money that we are each here to to also experience. Another yes. thing you talk about in the book has to do with lightening up. And I think that that's something just across the board, regardless of what we're talking about. Yes. This world needs to lighten up. We need to be a little more humorous about different things. But we really do get way too serious when it comes to money. We do. <laughs> I, I can only <laughs> agree with you. Well, it's probably becoming clear um, that money itself actually is is not as serious as we are. It's quite dutiful. It, it does follow its rules, I have to say. But it just seems like there's a, a lightheartedness around it. And when we have that lightheartedness, again, it, it simply means that everything flows more easily. And the reason, I've come to discover the reason why we're so serious about money. So when we think about what we want, and we're very much conditioned by other people, so we're thinking about all the things that we ought to want. So, you know, I ought to want to be very successful, and I ought to want to be very rich, and I ought to want this for my kids and that for something else and to live in this kind of house. Very often those are not our soul's desires. They're, they're wishes that we've picked up from parents and from other parts of our culture. Now, the problem with them is that they're really mental desires, if you like, or mental wishes. We hold them in our minds, but they're not really in our heart. And you have to work hard to fulfill them. It takes an incredible amount of focus to fulfill those kinds of wishes. And so we work really hard all our lives to be somebody who we never wanted to be in the first place. And if you can actually allow yourself to be in touch with 
what you really want that kind of arises spontaneously from inside you and there's a delight to it there's a, a love there's a I would love that kind of feeling to it and it lights you up to think about it when you do that there's a lightness also in the way that you work so I talk about working light and it's way more relaxed it's way more effective and it's much less hard work. So these things all go together. When you're more in touch with your natural desire, then you can lighten up because everything isn't so heavy because you're not having to work so hard to create whatever it is that you think you want. You're in touch with yourself and life flows very easily around that. Well, and oftentimes the things that block our lightness uh, tend to be the density of shame and guilt that are carried and and money is something that that can have that around there. You talk about um, getting rid of shame around money, uh, and and I'm going to put guilt in there as well. Provide your thoughts around, you know, how to release that shame um, that ends up developing in some way or another. And maybe it was from a loss. Maybe it was from bad business decisions. Maybe you know the shame can arise from all kinds of things. But it's often something that's deeply buried and unconscious until we bring it to awareness. Yes. Shame and guilt are both tricky. Actually, I find that guilt is even harder than shame because people who feel guilty about things often feel a certain kind of self-righteousness with the guilt. So they actually want to keep it in place. It's like I feel guilty about that. I did something wrong and I deserve to be punished, um, which just is a, is a situation that goes on and on and on and on and perpetuates suffering. The, the way, the, the only really effective way I've found of dealing with shame and guilt is to help people to really, really face and feel the feelings that they are desperately trying to hide or escape. Shame and guilt are intensely uncomfortable feelings and sometimes we would do anything to not feel them. And so people will be angry and aggressive or passive aggressive or they'll be depressed. Any of those kinds of responses rather than feeling what, what lies in that shame because shame is a something that makes you wrong just as being who you are. It's like your being is wrong. And that is A, totally untrue and B, totally unacceptable it's like you can't really take that but what I found is if you can have the courage to feel those feelings with consciousness with awareness not not just bury yourself in them but just allow those feelings to come to the surface actually after a little while that shame doesn't have power over you anymore the power of shame and guilt is in the suppression of the very uncomfortable feelings and we can survive feeling them It's not pleasant, but we can survive. And funnily enough, they resolve themselves really quite quickly once you do that. That leads to another part of your book where you talk about secrets. And we do kind of harbor secrets uh, when it comes to any kind of relationship. We we can harbor uh, things that we've done or things that we've believed um, or how we judge or view something. And... Our beliefs or, or what we think about money or how it's bad or immoral or limited, those are some of the types of secrets that you talk about that uh, can be the things that we're harboring. 
Yes. Um, I had a teacher, one of my Chinese masters always used to say, secrets make you sick. And I saw very often that was the case. You know, people who had affairs, people who were hiding everything about their financial situation. It, it, was, it was so uncomfortable for them for such a long time that in the end they got sick. Um, I think that if we understand what money is, we don't need to have envy and jealousy. We can simply be where we are. And if we want more, we can ask for more and gradually, little by little, discover how to have more because we are creators. We are powerfully creative. And so we don't need to have this kind of secretive approach to it. We could make things transparent and make it all right for me to have less than you because that's just who I am at the moment. I have less than you of lots of things. I have more than you of some things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't define me. And it gives me the freedom to say, well, I'd like more of that and I don't care about that. So I think the secretiveness arises because we have this view that money is limited and therefore there's not enough to go around and therefore if I have more, you have less. And these are all illusions. These are not true. Um, and when you, come, when you reflect more on what money really is, as I'm saying all the time, you realize that it doesn't make sense to keep it secret. It doesn't make sense to hold on to everything for yourself, whether it's knowledge about money or it's money itself. And th I think that that will lead to much more transparency and openness. Yes, we only have a couple of minutes left and I do want to add one more question in before we sign off. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that has to do with some of what you've just said about being open and sharing truly where we are with things. So often we minimize where we are if we are being successful or have money or being truthful and transparent just as much as we minimize uh, if we are in a hard place or in a need. Talk a little bit about the power and importance of being honest, transparent, vulnerable, and truthful about exactly where we are so that money can flow in and out more easily. Well, we, you know, I am who I am. You are who you are. And when you're radically honest with yourself about who you are and where you are, then there's an openness and openness allows you to receive. So that honesty, it, funnily enough, honesty never locks you in place. Hiding things lock you in place. So if you pretend that you've got more than you have, you lock your, your lack, your poverty in place. But if you're just transparent and open about things, it can change literally in a moment. So this is an incredibly powerful thing to realize that radical honesty is, is liberating and it liberates you to receive more money as well as it liberates you to receive more of just about anything, whether it's an inner experience or an outer experience. I, I really find that being honest is way more powerful than I think we realize. The new currency is based on contribution, a person's contribution to life itself. You should understand that money or the new currency, is not actually a reward for your service or contribution. It is more like a measurement. So your money at any time is supposed to be a valuation of your contribution at that time. The new system will change all of this, and it will be based on infinite resources by virtue of the unlimited creativity of human beings, which means you can create whatever material you currently lack. It will also be based on valuing both the seen and the unseen contributions of people. By this, we do not mean the self-service millions of humans currently provide to their children and to the sick and other people who are suffering. We will truly measure your contribution to life itself. This is from Sarah McCrum's book, 
Love Money, Money Loves You. You can find out more about her, her Shift Network course, her workshops, and much of her other work, including her other book, at Sarah McCrum. Next week, my guest is Dr. Joe Bowler, and we are going to be talking about Limitless Mind and all of the studies that she has done on the mind, the subconscious, and on the power to create new neural pathways within our brains. I hope you'll join me. Thank you, Sarah, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. In love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Zimron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.